Are you recovered yet or no? Yes, I am back to normal, recovered. Did my first leg session, strength training session back, and I am in bits. Yeah. So yeah, well and truly back in, back in the mix. Love it. Okay, so um, we're gonna get we gotta get right into it. So first off, just preface it. Like, tell me what what was the reason you did all of your challenges. Let's start from there. Okay, so first of all, a good friend of mine, he came to me with an idea to climb Kilimanjaro for Mind about a year ago. Um, he had an idea that he wanted to, he did a trek on his own and wanted to go bigger and better, raise even more money for Mind charity. And um, Everest got bounded about a little bit, mm-hmm. but then too many people die. Um, and we didn't really fancy that. No. So <laughs> not for charity. So we... Um, yeah, we decided on Kilimanjaro, and it was it was it felt like a long time in the planning, a long yeah. time. It's always in the back of your mind because we were doing fundraising, so we had events. Obviously, I um, did the boxing event, and all of these events I'll have done whilst we've been doing podcasts. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. really funny. So, yeah, um, and obviously did the stepper, the ten hours on the stepper, the quiz night, the. Um, the greatest showman spin and all those events were so so well supported everyone really got behind it so it's you kind of restore your faith in humanity almost because yeah. everyone was so supportive and i can't thank people enough because without those events we really wouldn't have been able to make it happen really mm. um and then obviously that was all leading up to doing kilimanjaro march 2019 so you were away for 10 days 10 days door to door yeah right so we've had a little chat about some of the bits and pieces the quirks of the trip yes um so what what was the the most difficult thing for you to deal with while you were away um it's there's it's a world away from what we're used to Mm -hmm. and we take so 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 much for granted and it, it there's even just little things that in in fairness that's not a, that's not a downside on our part it's what we're used to it's what we have it's, yeah. it's it's our life right and um you get there and you see you know you get get into the airport and all already already in a, you're in a different world and you kind of go through the airport and, and we had a we got on a bus that's definitely not legal <laughs> At all, if it was in the UK, but like over there, it's like luxury, you know. So it's like, okay, this is this is where we are now. And um, you get into the trip, and obviously, you know, we we said a nice hotel. Actually, it was it was a nice hotel, and then you're kind of like lulled into a false sense of security (laughs) because the very next day you're in the jungle, and we start trekking. We trekked that first day on that Friday. We started on that Friday trekking through the jungle, Um, and we were very lucky. We saw like a family of giraffes. We saw some monkeys as we got up into the jungle. You're like, this is all right. This and is nice. You're like, you're going, yeah, this is wicked. Like first day, we're not really affected by the altitude. We're only like a couple thousand meters. Yeah. Um, it's hot. So we're like, this is, this, I'm buzzing about this. This yeah. is great. What a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> and then you settle down. We were playing cards and we're kind of chilling out and you're going, okay, cool. And all of a sudden, obviously we went to bed about nine o'clock that first night, which is weird because you're kind of like, well, that's not what we're used to either. Mm-hmm. And um, went to bed and about 1 a.m. It was just the loudest loudest noise I've ever heard in my life ever and and it felt like it was right next to the tent and we had obviously we weren't warned about any of this so like we had no idea what it was and I can just imagine there was 12 of us so group two the tents were in twos and so there was six tents everyone was awake just wondering what the hell was what was going on (laughs) (laughs) we were like everyone's sort of of still and it it went on pretty much all night and that was like the like a, a massive eye opener to go yeah, you might think you're having to have a nice time, but you're in the jungle now. Yeah, it's and real, it's real. It's real. And we kind of all woke up the next morning. Well, I say woke up. We didn't really sleep. Yeah. But we kind of, you get out of your, your tent at half past five on the, on the next morning. 
and you go, okay, this is going to be a long, a long week. Yeah. Because we trek from Friday to Friday, so that's like day one, not really much sleep, yeah. and now we're in the elements. Yeah. So. Um, Did you ever find out what that was? It was a, it was a monkey. It was like a, really? yeah, it was a monkey, and it was like a, I guess we were. It, it sounded like we were in the middle of a battle. Right. Like it was like they were, but they were calling each other apparently. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So like. I guess they know on how loud away it is, yeah. at what distance and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're clever, right? Well, it's, it's interesting. Like, we, when we were on um, safari, which I think the hotel is probably a bit nicer than the campsite. <laughs> yeah. um, but when we were there, it was, you know, quote-unquote luxury tent. Yeah. So, yeah, it had, like, felt walls or whatever, like fabric yeah. walls. But you had to get taken back by a ranger to your yeah. room at night because that's when the animals are, are out. <laughs> yeah. So the first night we went to bed and... About an hour probably into being in bed, yeah. I heard growling and um, they had said, oh, look, there's been a lion kill in the area. So it could well be that lions visited the camp last night. So I said, well, it was pretty loud. So they, it sounded like they were right outside. Yeah. They said, well, that it could have been right outside or it could have been 10 kilometers away. Wow. Like they're that loud. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah. But noise travels when there's nothing to stop it traveling right? yes yeah. so there's no buildings in the way there's no yeah. so yeah, that's, yeah but that's that's mad yeah so that's we were like mad. just i've never again because you never heard anything like it and all yeah. of a sudden it's your first night it was just such a rude awakening yeah and then um so yeah so then we we carried on and um day two day three and and the scenery the beauty of where you are is just incredible like yeah. you'll be because we were trekking and it's kind of like slowly slowly so it's it's one foot in front of the other and that's all it is and all of a sudden you'll look up and you'll see your surroundings yeah. and it's like, wow, this is just unbelievable. Just so, so beautiful. And um, as obviously you get higher and higher, yes, the altitude starts to, to creep in. But you look back and you go, well, look how far we've come. Look yeah. at this scenery. Look at where we are. It's like a Tuesday morning and look, I'm on the side of a volcano yeah. overlooking Africa. So it was... The hardest parts, wait, like going through the night. I'm a cold person anyway, yeah. which is why I'm buzzing that the sun's out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> you still had a hoodie on earlier. Yeah. Still, you got to be, you got to be safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So it's like 30 degrees in the daytime, really, really hot. And I got a little bit. I think it was the third day. Got a little bit, like, got quite burnt on my face. Um, and it's really, it's quite windy. So like that, that plays a part. And um, and obviously you're getting higher and higher. Yeah. So it's, it's all these factors, and we got really burnt. I think it was like the third or fourth day. Yeah, I think it was the fourth day because we did. We were going up to three thousand nine hundred the camp, but on that same day, we went up for a acclimatization walk up to four thousand two hundred meters. And on that, in that same day, it was snowing, mm. and then it froze. Right. And I was like, well, what's going on? Because I got burnt earlier and now it's snowing. Yeah. So what, which one is it? Yeah, yeah. That's just how extreme it was. It was like either really hot or really, really freezing cold. The Comic so, Relief Program said that it makes its own kind of eco ecosystem. Yeah, pretty right? much. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. You know, one minute we stood there and all of a sudden you're surrounded by clouds. And it, it, clouds move really, really fast. Yeah. Really fast. And they creep in so quick. Like it, obviously, we're as we are. We look up and they look like they're just sort of still, or yeah, yeah. but they they move so fast and to be in it's a really really weird feeling, but um, yeah. So waking up in the morning, there was frost on the inside of the tent, and I was like, I think it was a Monday morning. So we'd done Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was a Monday morning. I'd shivered all night. I was waking up, and because I was shivering, struggling to get back to sleep, and I woke up and there was frost on the inside of the tent. So I knew it was like minus temperatures. It was half five on Monday morning, and I was like, yeah. 
this yeah. is uh this is not the one it's this is real. where yeah this is where i started that mental battle mm-hmm. to kind of go i'm at 3000 plus meters now which is like the the kind of altitude sickness zone i was feeling okay wasn't feeling too bad but starting to kind of feel breathlessness yeah. you know i was making a cup of tea and i was a little bit breathless and i was like well, that's weird it doesn't you know and you just start noticing little things like that um and like I say, you really have to kind of go, I've got to have a little wet white wash mm-hmm. in the freezing cold at half mm-hmm. past five in the morning when I've really not slept at all. Yeah. I could so, I could, there's many places I'd rather be right now. And then that same morning I opened the tent, I looked out and it was the first morning that we could actually see the peak. Yeah. Because for the three days prior, we didn't see the peak once. Right. So you're like, again, already you're kind of like, you're Jesus Christ, how, how, when are we going to see the peak? Yeah. We're not even close. So, um. Yeah, so we, we we saw the peak that morning. It was covered in snow, and it was beautiful. Like yeah. I've never seen anything like it. And until I do something crazy again, I won't still. Yeah. So it's like, um, and that was like, and then as soon as you got out, you start having a laugh. You you have a cup of tea. You start getting used to like the different foods and stuff because we're in luxury what here. We, we can yeah, have what whatever we want. The food was amazing. The porters did amazing. The chefs did amazing. They are incredible people that I will take my hat off to, and they yeah. made the experience what it was. But um, yeah, so like, but in the morning, you know, it, even for me, like, I, it was powdered milk and stuff like that. That just stuff I'm not used to. Yeah. But it's so surprisingly how quickly you get used to it because yeah. it's hot and it's warm and it's a little bit at home. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was like stuff like porridge and um, they just they they need to get the food into you because as you start to get towards altitude, you start to lose your appetite. Right. Okay. So it's almost you're almost force feeding. Now I'm fairly here sometimes if i'm listen i'm trying to put on a bit of size or anything like that you kind of go right well i've got to get it in so mm-hmm. i've got to get it in and it, i kind of ha- i just adopted that same mentality out there is that it's fuel it's not food it's fuel right now i need to get to the top and therefore i need to eat because we're still you know although the distances were only probably 10 to 14k each day it was quite physically demanding yeah i genuinely thought it would be quite easy pass and it's a tourist thing that happens people do it a lot more now so i, I guess it probably is to a point it. And then yeah. it but gets then, real. Then you go, well, actually, you're on the side of a volcano, yeah. and they're not going to start moving massive. So these massive, like, rocks, and they're just balls of dried-up lava. Yeah. And it is, there's millions of them, and they're for miles outside. So when that eruption happened yeah, millions of years ago, that would, these rocks, these massive, massive boulders that you would, you would kind of, you know, Stonehenge-type-sized boulders yeah, yeah, yeah. and beyond... Are like and, and there's a whole massive field like just for, as far as you can see of them and you can't only imagine what that would have been like to yeah. be there to give you a sense of insignificance yeah because it happened in the ice age so there was ice there at the time at the top because yeah. what the guys were saying was that there was rock that was um you know the cut away the glaciers which is why at the top and, and i don't know if you on the you will have seen it on the comet relief but they didn't really go into too much of the history nah. um there's a lot about altitude sickness on that program yeah, yeah. See a lot of the mountain. yeah and um and where it, it kind of where the, the lava had flowed down the mountain and and obviously there's there's remnants of that and mm. that's incredible in itself so um yeah that's 
again, it adds to the sheer beauty of it and yeah. the story. So, um, but yeah, that was incredible. But as you obviously get towards the top and you start getting higher, that's when the altitude starts to kick in. That seemed to, like, I know they've only got an hour on that program. Yeah. It seems it's to be an awful lot. Because it's a whole seven days. Yeah. Into you can't an hour. do that in an hour. You should be a two or three parter. I think so. But like, is, it, is, it, is that a fair representation of, of altitude sickness and when it kicks in and how it kicks in and whatever? Yeah. I, I think what I would say is everyone struggles so differently. Mm. Like some of the guys were really struggling from day two and three, you know, really starting to struggle with lack of, mainly lack of appetite, mm-hmm. um, lack of energy, headaches, tiredness. I think it was such a combination of everything. They, they're very good on making sure you're hydrated. They, they keep them, they make sure that you're hydrated. So there's no issue there, but even at points you still feel like you don't want to hydrate. Mm. But you know you have to, so you get it in. And some of our guys were starting to feel dizzy. They didn't look great. Like you could tell that they were starting to really flag. I think at one point on day five, we went to Lava Tower, um, which was another, again, another acclimatization walk. And one of our guys really wasn't in a good way. She lost her kind of balance a little bit. And um, I was like, this could, this could be, you know, this could be where they start taking people off the mountain. But will they, they do that? And step they in. will. And, and they did say to her, like, listen, if you don't perk up, we're going we're gonna to take you off the mountain, we're going to take you to hospital. And sure enough, she put, a bit, perk of, you put a bit of face on and, yeah. <laughs> and got it done. And bless her, she got to the top. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't for me. I, was, I thought I was kind of like waiting and waiting for it to kick in. And it yeah. didn't. And it didn't. And I was like, I'm going to get away with this. I'm going to get away. And then the last night was probably the hardest night of my life. I genuinely believe that that was one of the toughest six hours I've, well, eight hours I've ever endured mentally. So we trek through the day. So we go to bed Tuesday night. Again, we know that summer day is tomorrow, so we don't sleep that well. We get up on the Wednesday morning around half five. We have breakfast. We chill out a little bit and and we set off at eight o'clock. We trek through the day that day. We get to camp and we get to camp and this is base camp. Kilimanjaro. So it's busy because this is where all the routes merge. Mm-hmm. So all the routes merge at base camp Kilimanjaro and then everyone goes from there and it's one route. Um, if, and if you go to the north side, you go to the south side, that's, that's a different route, which is what the Common Relief guys did, but we didn't do that point. Um, so everyone, so it's a busy camp. As we did the Lamosho route, the longer route, it was fairly quiet. So we pretty much had the first four camps to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I was thinking there was one other group. And then obviously there's five different routes, I think it is. So they've all merged at base camp. Kilimanjaro to summit that night so it's fairly busy and we get there and we were kind of the bottom of the camp because again you're on the side of a volcano it wasn't a campsite it was never like made to be a campsite so it's like where you'll be where there's a bit of flat ground and even at times I went to bed in my tent with my head below my feet sliding down towards the tent wow so we because we were trying to top and tail, but in the end, we were just like, right, we're going to both sleep Cuddle that up, uphill. It's cold, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was a snorer, so uh, I was like, trying to get away from can't it. Can't have it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we, we, we tried to get an hour's sleep, but it was it was boiling hot, and it's the middle of the day, so you're like, well, this isn't going to go well. No. So we didn't really sleep, just rested. And all of us, but everywhere, there, everywhere you go, in like, there's little tornadoes as a norm. Right. So, like, even driving through the middle of Kilimanjaro to the to the mountain, there was just, like, these little sandstorm tornadoes. But we're at the base camp top, and it's starting to get windy. It's starting to pick up. And all of a sudden, this tornado whips up, and it rips this tent out of the ground up into the air like a kite. And this tent is just flying around, what? circling in the air like a kite. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we're all looking up at that, and there was these two water butts. But where it wasn't rain season There was no yet, one in there. 
No, no, right. no. <laughs> Imagine that like, you go and just go for a wee and then you turn around, your tent's in the air. Yeah. That's crazy. So um, I guess there was no stuff in it either because otherwise that would have weighed it down a bit, I guess. But it, uh, it, unless it ripped the canvas, the canvas was probably nailed to the floor and it ripped off the top of the canvas. Wow. So um, we're all looking up at that and where it hasn't been rain season, there hasn't been a lot of rain. So, because that's what you drink, you literally drink the rainwater with a bit of chlorine in it. Right. Um, so we're looking up at that. All of a sudden these two water butts, one gets blown off of its kind of massive, massive black water butts. Yeah. Gets blown off its stand and starts rolling down the hill towards us. And there's like a little bit of a cliff face. Indiana like, Jones style. Yeah, and I'm like in my tent, sat in my tent just chilling, but I've poked my head up to see what's going on. because And I've looked round and like I'm like, oh my God, that's coming towards us. Like, that's full on coming towards us. So there's <laughs> 10 blows. And then one of our guys shouts, starts shouting, guys, oh, guys, guys, stop that. And then like 10 of the guys like started running towards it to stop it. But obviously we're down like a bit of a cliff. So there's no way. It, all, all that's going to happen is it's going to just drop onto us and roll into where our tents were. Yeah. So I look around and like, it's so typical of this day and age. No one's panicking. Everyone's got their phones out filming. <laughs> <laughs> of course they have. Yeah. And I was like... I literally just kind of looked around and was like, okay. And then they, they stopped it and, and it didn't fall on us. And we, they literally just put a, like a stone underneath it. Like it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that looks safe, guys. Good. And like in this country, it would never, ever get away with it. No. But like there, it's just like, oh, we'll put a stone there and yeah. it'll be okay. That's fine. And um, I was like, well, if I go tonight and I, it's not because of a mountain, it's because of a water, but it's like a good way to go. Yeah. So it's a story for people yeah. to tell of you. So, um, yeah, it was funny. So, yeah, we... Again, we just chilled out a little bit. We had some more food, got up. Went, well, I did get an hour um, that night. So we'd had an hour's sleep since the Tuesday night. Got up, minus six, put our, all up. I literally put everything I had on. Yeah. I must have had about eight layers on. Yeah. And gloves and hats. I had a balaclava, a neck gaiter, two, three hats on. And so I basically was, what you wear when you're coaching your kids. <laughs> yeah. Football. On a football. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we set off and like, it's stupid because like one minute you're hot, next minute, because if the terrain changes, so like you're on, a, you might be on a steady path and it's okay. And then all of a sudden you're climbing up a rock face and it's like, now I'm roasting. Yeah. And there's no, literally, I spent the whole time, but obviously where, where I said about it, it was, I got sunburn. I had a, a, a shower. When I say shower, I mean there was a bucket of water that I washed my face with, and I've washed my face, wiped my face with a towel, and it pulled the skin off my nose. Ah, uh, your your nose looked like it was wide open when you. Yeah, came. it was literally a, a flesh, like it was just flesh, like it was just like, and so I had the gator on, but that was rubbing over my nose. Yeah, and that was so painful, but it was actually quite a release from what we were doing. Yeah, focusing on trying to <laughs> yeah. sort the balaclava out. That must have waited a good half an hour. <laughs> So we set off at like 11 o'clock at night and we knew we were trying to get there for sunrise. But yeah. I, I kind of was wary of when the sunrise was and I knew it was around 7, 7.15 a.m. So I was like, well, now I know there's about eight hours of trekking until we get there. Oh. And in the day, like I said to you before, it was, it was beautiful. And you're looking up and you're taking in the surroundings and you're having a laugh and you're having a joke and it's all fun and games, right? And that's okay, but... Because you can see where you're going to. Mm-hmm. You've got a visual reference point where you can see, well, we've got to get over that peak and then, oh, my God, we've got to go down again, which means we've got to go up again or whatever. But it's, it's all part of it. Pitch black that night we set off. There's stars, but there's no moon, no moon whatsoever. So you cannot see up at all. You can't see around. You can't see up. All you can see is these little head, head 
torches mm. in the distance. So we've all got head torches on, but you can just see these little head torches zigzagging up ahead of you. And you're kind of going, well, if I get closer to them, we must be getting somewhere. But they never, ever got closer. Not they never once. stopped. They, keep, they go- keep going, right? Ah. So you're doing the same as they are, and it's probably people below you thinking the same thing. But you keep going, and you keep going, and you feel like days have passed, and it's probably been about half an hour because all you can do is put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Just step by step, step by step for hours and hours. And all of a sudden, a couple of hours in, one of our guys starts to get really sick. Like he starts being sick, but he looks horrendous. He's dizzy. He's like walking like he's had about 15 pints. Right. And you kind of go in, this isn't good because I know at this point, I know it's like 1.30 a.m. in the morning. So we're miles away from where we need to be, even though it feels like we've been trekking for days. Mm. So... I kind of looked at him and from a PT standpoint, from a health and fitness standpoint, I'm going, I'm, I would, I would first prioritize health mm-hmm. and I'm going, I reckon they're going to take him off the mountain. Like he does not look good. I'm trying to focus on me and, and just to keep moving. Cause at this point my hands hurt, I'm freezing cold and I'm like, I know how long left there is and I don't know where I'm going to. So I'm trying to have, I'm trying to have that mental battle with myself to say that, listen, just, just, you just got to keep going you put one foot in front of the other, and in a few hours, it's just a few hours of your life. It's Time's just a go. few hours of your yeah. life. We, we say it all the time say in training, time. don't we? Time's going to go, and that was genuinely what I was thinking about. I was just thinking, it's just a few hours, you just dig in, it's a little bit of pain, and and you'll get to the top, and you'll get to the top. You're feeling okay, your altitude sickness is okay, let's just keep going. And But then when you see your friends getting really sick and not in a good way... It's hard to see because you're kind of going, well, that's going to happen to me probably at some point. But you're also worried that they're not going to make it to the top because we've come this far. Yeah. So basically what they did is they put their arm underneath him. They kept assessing him. They like were on top of checking his eyes and that. And then they kind of had a good word with him. And they said, right, we're going again and we're going again. And they'd be sick and then they'd go again. And then a couple more people would drop. And then you're so passing other groups that have stopped and being sick. And they What does li- it take to stop you? Have you got to literally no collapse? Idea, pretty much. I guess because... They check your oxygen saturation before you go up, and as long as it's above 80, they'll let you go. Mm. And so I guess from that point, but we go, you go from the morning, 3,900 meters, to the evening. Obviously, you're trekking through the night to get to 5,865 meters. So mm. it's, it's a lot of distance, it's a lot of height in a really short space of time. So I guess, I guess, they, I, and I, I say it before, I've said it. So I, I personally don't do that all the time. They do. Yeah. So they know what they're doing mm. and they must. And they did say to us, ask us, we took a risk because we, you're doing it for charity and we wanted to get you to the top. We took a risk. And I was like, well, I'm glad you didn't take a risk with my life. But they had oxygen and everything. So I, I genuinely believe that if they got to a point where, you know, he was. Are they going to embellish a little bit as well? Yeah. Like it's a big risk. And yeah. it's, they know yeah. it's not that yeah. bad. Or they, you know. Yeah. So I kind of, anyway, so we keep, we carry on, we carry on, we break. And I'm like, I, I tried to get water out of my pack and my nozzle was frozen. Then I tried to get water out of my bottle and that was frozen. And at this point, you're going, well, I guess we're, I guess this is it then. Yeah. We've got to keep going and I've got no water. So and at that point, I didn't have any energy to, to drink anyway. I didn't even want to. Yeah. 
And what you find as you go throughout the trek, as you get higher, you start subconsciously doing less. Mm. And I actually, I'll bring this back to health and fitness quickly. I actually resonate this with people that do really crazy diets. Yeah. So, you know, people, you know, are doing a thousand calorie diets or 800 calorie diets. The body hasn't got enough fuel anymore. Yeah. We didn't have enough oxygen and we did definitely didn't have enough fuel for what we were doing. So I'm quite an animated person. I talk with my hands. I'm quite energetic. I quite, I like to move. I like to, to do things. And I'm I'm aware of my body because of what I do. Yeah. And I noticed that I'd started to slow down and I'd start to subconsciously make decisions not to do things. Mm-hmm. Like if I really needed if I needed a way, I'd sit there and I'd be like, no, nah, I'm not going. I'm not <laughs> going. I'm not going. Until I really needed to and then I'd go. Or silly things like, oh, I'd stop talking with my hands. Or someone had asked you to do something and you'd be like, oh, for God's sake. Like, yeah. really. And it, all it was was like, can you pass me the jam? You turned into a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I li- you literally, you don't want, you, you don't use any more energy than you need. And it's, it's the closest I can kind of, like I say, resonate with the people that are doing crazy diets. Yeah. So their bodies go in, great, you're eating less, I'm going to do less. I'm going to conserve as much as yeah. I can. Yeah. So that you, makes sense. You don't, you know, with those diets, you don't gain anything because your 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 daily expenditure of calories mm. goes down, your activity goes down, your performance goes down. It was the same thing for us. We had less oxygen and we had less fuel than we needed. So um, that's why I kind of resonated to that. It was kind of similar to that. So yeah, we're conver- we we keep going and we we keep trekking, and all of a sudden I keep I'm looking back because I'm looking back because I know that some point I feel like some point there's going to be a glow in the sky. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't come. And it just did not come. And I, it doesn't matter how many times I turned around and I looked. I mean, my neck was sore the next day, actually. Yeah. And I, now thinking about it was probably why, because I just kept turning around to hope. You know, it was just like that, that desperation of seeing a glow, because then you know that sun's coming. And you yeah. can, then you'll be able to see the peak. And like six oh. hours later, you're still not seeing this peak. And I'm genuinely saying, like, it's the longest six hours of my life. And there's, no, like you said, there's no stimulus. Nothing. So it, it's like, imagine hopping onto a treadmill, looking at a wall, <laughs> yeah. and walking for eight hours. Really slow. No stimulus, no yeah. Netflix, yeah. no, yeah. do you know what I mean? On a treadmill. 100%. That I can't. 100%. That's crazy. But there's, like you said to me before, off air, you'd said there's no other way of doing this that doesn't involve a massive altitude jump on the last day, right? Yeah. You can't camp no. halfway up there. You no. can't do it. No. So you have to do that last. There must be so many people that are casualties of mm. the last day. Yeah, massively. And that's where they say, you know, Kilimanjaro is not the highest peak in the world by any any means. It's the highest peak in Africa and mm. it's the tallest freestanding mountain in the world. But it's the, it's the way in which you do it that makes a real difference and catches people out a little bit. freestanding? As in, I think, like, you look at Kilimanjaro, there's mountains all around it and it's a big, vast, massive area. Right. Whereas Kilimanjaro is like a it's volcano, it's a peak. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so... Anyway, the sun starts to glow and I can just see the peak of where we need to get to. So Stella Point is where we need to get to. And then you go round to, you go basically round the top of the volcano to Uhuru Peak was the highest point in the mountain. So the sun starts to glow and I can see it. And all of a sudden, I start getting sick. I'm like, there's no way I'm not getting there. So no. every time we, we would stop, I was like wretched, like to be sick, oh. like to be sick. Weirdest feeling ever. Um, and then my balance started to go. So I was kind of starting to join the others with the, the drunk walk. And the, mm. it was like I had the poles and I was very reliant on them. So I was pretty much doubled over, leaning on my poles as I was walking. And in the end, they took my bag off my back because every time we stopped and I stood up tall, my bag was just pulling me backwards. Yeah. So, yeah, they were like, no, we've got to get this off you. And um, 
it was the camaraderie was incredible. There's some guys that um, I'll never ever thank enough for what they did to help us get us up there. You know, they were incredible, and the people I wasn't suffering for long parts, and I helped the other guys. And when I was suffering, they helped me. So, it, as a some of these you didn't know before, no, probably not right? at all. Yeah, I only really knew two of them out of the ten properly. Wow. So two, three. So yeah, it was incredible. Like it, we all really, really came together. And in that situation, you find out what people are really about. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I love that challenge. I love that mental resilient challenge. And I wanted, because it sounds stupid, but I almost wanted to get sick because I wanted to know what to it felt it. like yeah. to be like, oh, I got, you know, not to say, oh, I got sick and I overcame it, but I wanted to know what it felt like. I wanted yeah. to have a mental battle. I wanted to challenge myself. I didn't want it to be easy because everyone sort of says, you, oh, you're fit, you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah, but it's zero about that. Physically, I believe that that was, it was a fairly straightforward challenge in terms of physicality. Um, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was a step on harder in terms of that. Um... Yeah, probably. I mean, in times physically, yeah, yeah. definitely. But like, because it was so different. But again, it's that mental challenge that you go through. Killy was way harder. Yeah, it was ten hours, and I did it in ten hours, and the day was done. Yeah, you know. Again, that was another thing where you go, well, it's just time. That yeah. time will go, and it when will. it stops, it'll be. You done. can either stand there next to it, or you can yeah. get on it and do yeah. it. And yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and and we get to the top, and you think it's going to be like chest pumps and high fives and like yeah and you get to the top and you're just an absolute mess <laughs> well, mate, your video at the top you know when the people say sort of like interviews after fights when fighters still aren't quite with it yeah. yet and they haven't had a chance to yeah. come down from adrenaline and yeah. they interview them anyway yeah and i always think what they must be thinking yeah. afterwards like what was i i didn't even remember saying that yeah i honestly thought it looks like you were drunk and yeah. don't remember what you were saying yeah. it looked like a bit a bit crazy um yeah. But but you got your point across. I think that animated it better than you probably ever could have. Yeah, it was just like it was from the heart. You know, we're all, it was um, it was from the heart, and it was it was genuine, and it was a massive thank you because genuinely every step I took up that six or oh, eight hours, it was like every step was like we're helping people. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing this for a reason. And we've got to get to the top because we said we were going to get to the top to help these people. Was that in your mind a lot? Every a lot, a mm. lot, and and the people that I know that have been affected by mental health problems that have that go through things that they don't want to be going through, but yet they are mm. because of whatever's happened in their lives or, or whatever. So every step of the way, you kind of go and this is for the people that we're helping. And when we get to the top, we're going to take a photo and then we're going to run the hell down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Back coming to down, point, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And coming down was the was harder physically. Really? Yeah, harder. And Imagine it's harder knackered. on the knees. Yeah, so we, we pretty much trekked from Wednesday, all day Wednesday, all night to get to the peak. The most beautiful, beautiful scenes. I didn't really, you don't really take it in. Yeah. So you kind of take your photos, but you don't really that know what you're taking it, photos of. Yeah. Um, but the feeling, I'll never forget the feeling of getting to the top and being stood at that, stood on that kind of whatever it is that wooden statue that says you made it yeah and um it's gonna be hard coming back down as well knowing that you can't just get home straight away you've got to come down you still know that even though this is wednesday night thursday morning i'm still not getting home until sunday morning yeah and at this point i just want to go home see my family and and be with my friends and and talk about it but we then trekked down so we ran down pretty much that morning four hours had one hour sleeping and another four hours down yeah and at this point my body was genuinely broken like i really was tired i was physically tired i was mentally tired and that thursday night was the first night i'd slept really well yeah then we checked again the next day down on the friday went back to the hotel and and really just chilled out and had some food but um yeah i think i think 
what really is the standout point is that what we achieved by taking small steps mm. really epitomizes I think it's just such a good analogy for life for mm. anyone dealing with mental health issues that or or illnesses I should say um that whatever you want to achieve doesn't matter what it is by taking small steps you will get there mm-hmm. and every time we it got hard for us we looked back and we we could physically and vis- visually see how far we'd come yeah we knew how far we had to go but we could see how far we'd come and for me that it's this true in life right you can you can beat yourself up you can put yourself down whether you've got a i don't know a weight loss goal a strength gain goal an athlete performance goal just a goal to keep going in life mm-hmm. you can put yourself down but you've got to and and you might need someone to point this out to you and i'm quite aware of doing that is that this is how far you've come so don't put yourself down because you could just not do any of this you could not go to work you could not do anything mm-hmm. and and i'm sure that some days for people it feels like that but you've got to know how far you've come. You've got to know how strong you are to be able to do the things that you do. And um, like I say, one small step after one small step, very, very, very slowly, after six days, got us to that top of that mountain. Mm. And we went through some very, very tough times and some challenging conditions. And uh, it was the most humbling experience of my life yeah. to make sure that I never take anything for granted and just to make sure that I keep challenging my mental health because I think that's important as well. Mm. If you go through and you, you kind of shy away from things that might hurt or might make you a bit nervous or I think you kind of you need to go through them challenges. You need to understand what how, who you are and how that how you deal with that as a person. And if you can do that and you can overcome that, then what's next? And if you need you, some struggle. Yeah, right, I think to, so. To you achieve. grow from that. Yeah. Um, and that link with with mental health and exercise for me is just so important. And I, I believe we're starting to scratch the surface with that now and people yeah. are starting to understand that. I was talking to a lady recently whose um, son is, is very, very poorly uh, with leukemia. And, and um, we were chatting and she said, you know, for her, mental like exercise has just been her absolute saviour. And the more I speak to people, and I'm fortunate that I speak to a lot of people, the more they say that I have anxiety, I have this, and and I have I've dealt with this, and exercise has been my go-to, and I I want those people like I have a voice, and you have a voice, and you have a platform to be able to put it out there. So yeah. why wouldn't we do that? Absolutely. And I think that's so important. And if you feel like that's happened for you, if exercise has helped you, then then go and tell someone, go and help someone, go and talk to people. Because I think it's also, you never know what's going on in people's lives. It's so easy to assume everyone's got it together. Yeah. For and sure. And it doesn't matter how successful you are. Yeah. You can see even, you could have, you know, Premier League footballers and it looked like, oh, they've got everything, they've got it together, they've got, you know, the perfect yeah. life. And yeah. it doesn't always yeah. work out that way. Because it was really sad, actually, I got back and a few days later, um, you know, a, a celebrity had, had actually committed suicide. And it was like, I kind of was like, gut. I was obviously it's sad. It's, it's a sad thing that's happened. But you kind of look at it and you go, if only that person had felt like he could talk to someone. Yeah. You know, and I think we just need to make sure that everyone knows around you that you've got someone to talk to. And they might not want to, but you've kind of got to, and that's, I again, that's where I'm not an expert and I'm not a, I'm not someone who deals with that. Mm. But if I can help someone, if I can talk to someone, if I can try and brighten someone's day up, 
then then it's you know you, you've done something to help yeah. um and you, you make yourself accessible so i think we've done a good job in raising awareness i think we're at ninety four thousand pound raise now so i have to thank everyone for that is that still open or is it done? It's own, uh what is it's tomorrow it shuts so yeah okay. so end of end of march it will shut and and we'll have our final total and that'll be presented to mind and and what what an incredible kind of Result, we, we our aim was fifty thousand pound, and we, that's unbelievable. Yeah, so we've hit around. I think we've just done about ninety four thousand now. So I can't thank everyone enough for their support, and I can imagine that it's almost a weird kind of feeling. And marathon runners or anyone that does any kind of exercise will know that once you do these big events, I kind of got back and I was like a little bit empty, like yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. like oh. Spent a whole year of my life prepping for that, and I've got this bit of spare time now, and I don't quite know what to do with it. And yeah. It's like, um, and obviously while we we're away, it's such a simple time that you get there. There's no phones because there's no reception, so you're yeah. like playing cards or reading or just living life. Yeah. And I absolutely loved it, and I've been more conscious since I've been back to really just enjoy the moment and really enjoy where I am. And I kind of, you know, I get caught on Instagram after like five minutes. That's so easy. And I'm like. Now, what am I doing? Do you ever go, uh, how did I open this? I'm yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, I, I was coming to look at my diary. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, was like, what, oh, what was I doing? And yeah. Then, so, yeah. So, I think taking time for, take time out for yourself. Really kind of have a clear vision of what you want to achieve in that time th- th- with the time that you have. And yeah. then whether that's fitness, whether that's business, whether that's anything. And then go forward from there and, and really kind of maximize the time that you have. Because one thing I learned is that these people that helped us, there was 44 people that helped 12 of us get up the mountain. That's incredible. And they do it for so little and they were happy to do it. They wanted to do it mm. and they were happy because we were happy. And that was genuine. Like that was genuine. And there was times where it was quite emotional to be out there and to see that, the desperation to help and to, to want to be, um, just to want to be helpful. And I think that goes a massive miss here. Sometimes yeah, we're yeah. like out for ourselves and we, um, we, you know, it's, it's so easy to be, but yeah, I think we've got a, just take a little bit from that and just be happy and, and try and enjoy the moment and do what makes us happy. Yeah. You know, we hear all the time about people that hate their jobs and spend 45, 50 hours a week there. Yeah. So why don't you go and do something that you love? Because like, it's too short, man. It's too short. Absolutely. Oh, mate, I'm with you 100%. Listen, you're an inspiration. Uh, I'm you. super proud of you. The whole team is. Um, you know, and anything we can do to support that and, and, and increase that message, we will do. Thank you. Um, yeah, like I said, man, inspiring. Yeah, I, I love you. it. I, I love to talk to you about this sort of stuff, and it's yeah. like always come away buzzing from it. So thank yeah. you um, for it's your a time. Pleasure. And, and again, anyone that anyone anyone that ha- wants to talk about this, there's, there's always people to talk to. And um, you know, I genuinely believe that exercise is a massive help um, to anyone's mental health.